Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Tom Daly, and this is Made with Love. As a pro diver, I thought I knew all about making the thing you love the thing you do. But en route to the Olympic podium, I found a new passion outside of the pool that helped me unlock my power within it. That passion was knitting. And you may think this sounds bonkers, but I believe knitting made me an Olympic champion. I've since swapped swimming trunks for slip stitches, pikes for patterns, and chlorine for cables. Knitting is a huge part of my life now, and I'm determined to help others do more of what they love too. So each week, a brilliant guest will be joining me to talk about turning passion into purpose, how they've made the thing they love a central part of what they do, and crucially, what lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, I'm Tom Daly, and this is my brand new podcast, Made With Love. My guest today is a self-confessed locomotive lover whose TikTok content has derailed the definition of cool, and we are all aboard. I'm, of course, talking about Francis Bourgeois, real name Luke Nicholson, but probably best known simply as The Train Guy. After reconnecting with his childhood love of trains, he did what any 20-year-old would do during a pandemic. He made a TikTok. What started off as a way of celebrating a quirky passion and spreading a little joy in the process has turned Francis into a Gen Z icon with his own Channel 4 series, a book, 2.7 million TikTok followers, and thanks to a fashion campaign with Gucci, he's brought railway memorabilia to the masses. It's no exaggeration to say it's been a wild ride since he first strapped a GoPro to his head in 2021. And today, we're going to find out all about it. I can't think of a better guest to talk about celebrating the things that bring you the most joy in life, even if he doesn't like Thomas the Tank Engine, but more on that later. Francis, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing? Really good, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. We actually saw each other recently because we filmed the Christmas special of your show, Train Spotting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a wild day. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea. So I learned so much about trains and a new level of appreciation for like just being able to get on a train and actually understand a bit more. But where where do we start off? We started off... London, Victoria. London, Victoria. We got on the Belmont, right? Yeah, we well, we started in Stewart's Lane Traction Maintenance Depot which was really quite exciting as it's like kind of a behind-the-scenes look at an area where a train spotter would never be allowed usually. Yeah. But we went through all the different carriages, didn't we, on the Pullman? Yes. And saw all the different Art Deco sort of design features. It is, and for people that don't know what that train is, it like goes all around the country, right? And it's like mm. an amazing dining experience and it kind of it feels like it transports you back into 
another world almost. Yeah, one of the carriages is designed by Wes Anderson. Yes. So you, you do feel like you're in a bit of a movie set. You, you know, feel like you're in the 1930s, you know. Yeah, and then the nice thing about when we were out train spotting, we weren't just like spotting trains, we did all sorts. We even got on space hoppers. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and we we had a couple of injuries. Even yeah, I still have a lump on my forehead from oh no. the GoPro lens uh, smashing into me. But I think that's what's so lovely about the show. It's it just kind of leaves it open for these random funny moments to happen. Yeah, I once jumped on trampolines with my brother on space hoppers, so I thought that was a good link in for the for the uh, episode. <laughs> but you know, it's quite a tenuous link. But I feel like it worked out. It worked out, and it was good fun. And yeah. then we ended up, and this was my I like worst nightmare <laughs> was in the middle of Waterloo Station. Mm singing with like like carol singing with yeah. an actual like full brass band yeah i and you were you were hitting those high notes <laughs> you were like you were going for it i tell you what it was probably one of the most terrifying things i've done just kind of thinking right i just have to do it i'm not a singer but i i feel like the high notes were achieved within a few kind of i don't know what, what the classification of like tone is i think sense I was within about 10 cents away from okay. the actual note I needed to produce. But, that, that, <laughs> but I love, I also learned so much about you because I was talking to you about my son and yeah. his love for Thomas the Tank Engine mm. as well and how we like to watch Thomas the Tank Engine. And I was like, oh my gosh, you should be a voice for Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> and you have an interesting relationship with Thomas the Tank Engine, right? Yeah. Well, I've never really gotten into Thomas the Tank Engine. And when I had the opportunity to as a child, I kind of turned it away because trains with faces don't exist in real life. And I am someone who loves realism as a child. I just draw roadmaps in my spare time. For example, my the the route from my, my house at the time to my granny's house, I'd just draw the road route. Oh, really? <laughs> just because I liked replicating it. So yeah. in, a, in a sense, having a face on a train was like breaking down this realism obsession that I had. And oh. I didn't really engage with Thomas the Tank Engine at all. Wow. So we need to get like a, like a new kids train show for you that has no faces on the trains. Yeah. Well, I feel like each train has a face anyway. I mean, the Class 91s in King's Cross are a lot more kind of like handsome and sort of square. The jawline. Yeah. It yeah. has a very, very nice square jawline. Whereas the Azumas... They kind of look like they're being stretched. Have they got like a big nose almost? Yeah, like a long nose. Kind of imagine if someone's head's being put through like a an elasticated material <laughs> yes. and being pulled back. Yeah, kind of, oh, kind of like yeah. that. So like, because each like, I guess you can, especially if you're seeing trains every day and you're wanting to go around each train has its own personality Indeed. has its own traits and it looks different is mm. it what is it about trains that you like the before we get on to like the feel and the sounds yeah. what is it you like about the look of them there's something about the look and there's something about the kind of the dynamics of trains themselves mm. the way that they're on tracks and you can see exactly where they're going to go there's something in there that's comforting and reassuring for a lot of railway enthusiasts yeah. kind of having that predictability and kind of knowing what's going to happen next is is warming and comforting for a lot of people. But the trains themselves, how they look, I like all the different metal features, like the tactile seats. Yes. Um, I'm hoping, actually, to... Class 315 is being sent to the scrapyard, and I'm hoping that I can get the door release panel from one of the doors before it's shredded. 
And where, what will you do with it? Put it in like your room. It could be your front doorbell. It could be, but I'm thinking of putting it on a on a jacket. <gasps> oh, I and love then you that. can press like open and close, and then I can then go. You know, if I'm sort of opening up to someone, uh, they can press the button. And then, and then I can start opening up. I love that. that I mean, I get it. That's yeah. the jacket what you want. I think you've introduced so many people to train spotting because I think for the longest of time, and it's similar with my knitting stuff, like people have this stereotype of what a train spotter might be or a knitter might be. And I think it's so cool to see you take it to that next level like how did you even begin with trains in the first place was it like as long as you can remember or later yeah. in life yeah when people say when did where does it start it started right at the beginning for me mm. and that's the kind of the only way i can remember it my parents didn't drive so we got the train everywhere to school i remember going to the o2 center in hampstead heath to see the massive aquarium well massive fish tank and like all of these things we do, we get on the train. So yeah, as a child, I loved cars, trains, planes, everything. And getting on the train was like the real pinnacle of this kind of engineering mechanical obsession. So then, yeah, it just grew from there. And it's still, it's been a constant throughout my life. And how was that at school, like being a train spotter and being so into your trains? Like, was there anyone else at school that also enjoyed it? I didn't want to show people that I was a railway enthusiast. People knew that I was into my cars because, you know, I felt like it. You know, it's a bit more cool. Like a bro thing yeah, to do. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you seen this, like, Honda with this uh, K20 engine? Did you hear the, <laughs> the VTEC on that? Oh, yeah. Um, and then the thing was, I would go go back after school and watch train videos on my iPad, and that, that would be my release. Mm. I didn't make it like a sort of a public thing at school just because I felt like it would be something that would make me stand out and be a point to like kind of push mm. and I feel like that's a, that's what I found at school it's just a real sort of hotbed for conformity yeah and everyone wants to stick together just so they don't stand out yeah but you know throughout I realized that what was my real passion before with my model railways and trains had been pushed under and it wasn't being released or sort of exercised in any way and then that pressure then sort of blurted out at the other side of secondary school. Yeah. Like, I mean, how were your family with it? Were they supportive of your, like, train spotting journey? Yeah. They certainly dealt with the early stages quite nicely because <laughs> I had this massive model railway at one time that was on the uh, dining room table. So we'd have dinner kind of with Around this model <laughs> railway in the middle. Do you still have it? Um, unfortunately, during my sort of suppression stage, I actually sold my model railway which is a big regret, but I have one now that I'm building up again. Okay, I, I bet you, like, I feel like you need, like, your own room for all your model railways yeah. to be able to create a whole setting for it. Like, when I was younger, my dad used to make these model railways as well and have mm. these plaster cast things with tunnels, and he was an electrician as well, so you would, like, make lights light up, and it wow. was this really intricate thing, so... Yeah. And now even my, like my son, Robbie, he loves being able to put together all of those train tracks and being able to create all these different routes. Because when you look at a train map, it looks so incredibly complicated. All of these trains leaving at different times, how are they not going to overlap each other? What happens if one runs late? It's, it's quite the operation. Yeah, definitely. And Brio, what it sounds like Robbie is playing with, mm, was yes. like the starting point for me as well with like my model railway building journey. So I think aged four, I got my first Hornby train set and then that kind of grew and grew and grew. 
and I feel like led me down sort of an engineering based path because it was like really inducing that sort of creative process. Mm. For me, it's not only the fact that you want to find trains, but how do you know where they're going to be, when they're going to be there, what these different class types are going to be in certain stations? Mm. Is I mean, do you find it on an app? Yeah, but there are different websites that I use, one called Live Rail Record, the other called Traxi. And with the two, the former being like a, a list of what's going to happen during the day, mm. and then the latter being a diagram of what's going on currently. And you can like see all the sort of spidery networks sort of going out. And uh, I, I, this is like one of my favourite things to do, just check through and see what's going on. I'm hopefully going to Bath Spa this afternoon to see Clun Castle, which is a steam locomotive that was built in Swindon. It's running from uh, Bristol Temple Meads to Solihull. And, oh, wow. I, and I saw that um, this morning. So, wow. Yeah. How does it make you feel when you see a train that you've never seen before or one that you love? Well, it's just, <laughs> it's real exhilaration. I saw Sir Nigel Gresley recently, which is its a beautiful, beautiful locomotive. Is the first time I, I saw it, basically. And as it was sort of powering through the station, I just went, oh, God. <laughs> like, it was like like a serious, like, holy, you know. Yeah. There was like steam, like, flying out the side of it. And it's just like, in the moment, I'm not thinking about anything apart from what I'm seeing. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just like a complete sort of sensory overload. Yeah. Like I, I, I get massive like kind of tingles and goosebumps up and down my body. And I guess a similar feeling for for folks who who aren't railway enthusiasts is going to like a live music gig or, or something where it is sort of pure euphoria around. Yeah. And the main sensory stimulant is actually the sound. Okay. And, and in the same sense, when I go to a live music gig... I'll get the same goosebumps mm. that the sounds of the railway give me. Yeah, and I also think when we were together, you were talking, I learned lots of new words. <laughs> One being thrashing and those sounds the engine makes mm. as it goes. And there was something about the way that the pitch kind of gets higher and higher the faster the train goes, Yeah, right? Yeah. And bashing. bashing. That was another word that I had no idea. Mm. Can you explain bashing to people who don't know what a bash is? So bashing, uh, the the term bashing kind of originates in the late 70s and really kind of grew in popularity during the 80s. And it was purely to ride behind a locomotive or ride on a, on a train just for the sake of being on that train and enjoying the moment. So it was particularly focused around the Class 37. And uh, this locomotive has like the most amazing exhaust note and it was, would be growling and thundering and it, its nickname is the Growler. Wow. Um, and there'd be groups of people who would find where these growlers are running and then they'd just ride behind the locomotive all day and just like have a good time. And they, they were the bashers. Wow. And there are still, you can still bash to this day. You can bash in your own particular way if you want for me. It's on a class four five five. That that's what we went bashing together on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went bashing last week on a train, and we I had no idea what it was. I mean, we we rode on it only for ten minutes, but I feel like you bashed for a long time. Yeah, well, I've I I've done a London to Guildford recently. I did there and back, there and back four times behind four five five eight five six. Wow. Um, which has the loudest traction motors and and is the best uh, unit to bash. I love that. I love... And also, it's not just the fact when you're bashing, it's also the sounds that 
you have also been able to start to develop into like a love for music as well, right? You're, you love electronic music and using those sounds because I know that you've got lots of ideas in the music space of what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, like I said, with the sounds of the railway, mm. they, they give me the same sort of sti stimulation that mu music does. I'd love to combine the two, both in music and also in live spaces, one of which the 455 Club <laughs> um where a class 455 i hope can be turned into a nightclub <laughs> i would love that that would be so, and would it be a moving one mm. the train will run at probably around 30 miles an hour so it's kind of at a safe speed okay it'd be like the boogie bash mm. everyone would be bashing and boogieing exactly i would i literally think people would love that yeah and it could even be like you go and have your dinner and then you move on to the party part and then you go and have your recovery part. And then you got some beds in there and everyone can have like an overnight little trip. I think yeah. it'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with sort of festivals and stuff like that, people travel to festivals on the train. Why not let the train be a part of the musical experience? Yeah, absolutely. And when you're riding a train... Is it enough just to see them, ride on them and experience them? Or have you ever wanted to actually drive trains and learn to actually be a train driver? Yeah, yeah, yeah massively. I mean, the view that I've never seen up until recently was the view out the window where you can see the tracks up ahead. Yeah. Um, I actually rode in 73962 Dick My Butt recently. The what one? The Class 73 called Dick My Butt. Um, oh. It's uh, it's operated by GB Rail Freight. Okay. And uh, we went from Tunbridge to Peterborough, and it was just the light loco by itself. We went through uh, Kensington Olympia up the sort of, and then up onto the, like the North London line through Wilsdon Junction. Uh, that's like one of your like OG stations, right? Exactly. That's where it started for me, Wilsdon Junction. And the whole way, I was just like spamming the horn at the uh, people on the platform and. <laughs> And because uh, I put on my Instagram story, I said, guys, I'm going to be in this locomotive going from Tunbridge to Peterborough. And I posted uh, all of the stations that I was passing through in the particular time. Oh, fun. And then it was so amazing to see these like groups of people on the platform going, <laughs> and then I was there in like the second man seat, which luckily has a, a tone lever in front of it. And I was going, they, they terrify me though. When we were standing, when you were waving at some of the locos as they were going by and they make the tones, they're called yeah. right, tones. It literally made me jump every single time because they're yeah. so sharp and loud. Yeah, yeah. And everyone sounds different, right? Mm, mm. Some of the older horns uh, are sometimes really hilarious. Uh, like they're very squeaky and once I was on uh, the platform at Gloucester Station mm. it was about 6.50 in the morning and there was a class 37 going to Lydney in, in South Wales and I had no kind of expectation for any kind of horns or anything because it was so early but this class 37 was approaching and it just erupted with the, <laughs> the most amazing tones and it was like a really deep like Chewbacca-y kind of Oh, wow. It was, it was like a... And then they did the high tone. It went... Like that. And then... Love. And then he held onto the horn again. <laughs> and then did the high tone again. And then as, like, the ultimate thing is getting, like, a Doppler effect horn. So, basically, as the train passes by, it held onto the chewbacca horn. And it went... Oh, yeah. And then I was just... I, I couldn't help but laugh. I'd love to play the video. It's on my Instagram, actually. Okay. I can find the video. I'm going to get it. Okay, I'll, I'll do it like this so you can God, see. God, yes, oh. I can see. Here she comes! 
I see what you mean. Oh my god. That Chewbacca noise. I yeah. get it now. You're, you're so good at being able to replicate it as well. I just love how passionately you speak about trains. And you can just see you light up when you start talking about it. And the thing is, you bring all of that joy to everyone as well with, through your videos. And like you say, when you're doing your journey and you could actually go through stations and see seeing people light up and be so excited yeah. to you've transformed what train spotting is mm. and how has that been within the train spotting community um people have taken it in different ways because those who are train spotters i say once you're bitten by the train bug mm. it never goes away and it will always be a part of your life in one way or another so for a lot of railway enthusiasts, they have their version of railway enthusiasm or train spotting that they hold very dear to their heart. So that might be writing numbers down at the end of the platform or taking very carefully shot videos. And I'm kind of taking my version of it and showing everyone you know, that this is train spotting for me. Yeah. And that's kind of just letting go and really releasing my kind of inner child in a way. Mm. Yeah. And being there with the trains and not caring and sort of filming my reaction. And for others, that's not their version. And they, I, th I feel like for some people, they're quite annoyed by the fact that, you know, people might say, oh, I'm a, I'm a railway enthusiast. They're like, oh, you're like Francis then. It's like, no, I'm my own version of, mm. you know, I, I have my own version of railway enthusiasm and that's, you know, doing something different. Yeah. So I have, you know, I have met people who have said, you've made my life at work hell. Oh. Because, and I say, oh, why? It's like, well, you know, everyone thinks I'm like you. I actually saw, I actually saw your train spotting episode with Jesse Lingard mm. and it was interesting to see you open up about what you thought the train spotting community thought of you and mm. how everyone has a slightly different reaction. Yeah. But I do think it just fills so many people with such happiness. And like you, you make people's day, which is, Aww, is it, honestly, it is. And it was very nice to see you open up about the challenges and like the ways that you get pulled apart with it a little bit. And yeah. if anyone hasn't seen that episode, I urge them to go and watch it. It has to be said that like 99% of the railway enthusiasts in the community are lovely, amicable, welcoming, open people. Mm. And the amount of times that I've gone train spotting, you know, where before I would have been by myself, I now have someone who's like, I love your videos. Aww. Can I have a picture? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then we end up talking for 10, 15 minutes about trains. Yeah. Sometimes even we go on the, the journey together to like chase the train or something. Aww. So yeah, it's it has been really nice to see the sort of overwhelming positivity from the community. And also it must be like you started the TikTok what 2 years ago now? Um it was February March 2021. Okay. Yeah, so so... Ne nearly 2 years. Wow. And in such a short amount of time that your life has like completely changed and like you've must have had some pretty surreal moments mm. with, with since doing this, right? Yeah. Every day like I'm just so kind of perplexed by what's going on and also very grateful and th thankful for like the position that I'm mm. in and that's really kind of owed to the people who have supported my videos and watched my content so you know when I see someone in the street and they say can I have a photo I'm like yeah sure you know that's just the least that I can do to yeah. sort of say thanks in a way 
what is, would you say, one of the most surreal moments that you've had over the last just under two years? There have been quite a few. But, I mean, there are some that spring to mind, like going to these amazing Gucci shows in Italy. Yes. And even in the same room once as Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. Wow. Um, and there I was with my GoPro camera going, <laughs> what's going on? With your scooter as well. And my scooter. And going on stage at Sam Fender's gig, that was insane. Wow. I I didn't even look at the crowd because I was too like, oh. Oh, my gosh. But also, like, the Channel 4 thing coming out is something... That it, it's kind of just been a bit, bit of a dream because I've always loved making videos from you know such a young age. I I made sort of little camcorder videos with my brother, and I've always loved making people laugh and making people feel good, and for it to to be sort of taken on board by such a great company like Channel Four and put out there is just the the most insane thing. And last night when we had like a little we did a little screening of it. And uh, sort of stood up and I said, yeah, thank you so much to everyone. And, and I'd really realised that moment that this had all happened. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so special. And I mean, when you first started doing videos with your brother, like what, what were in, were they train videos from the <laughs> beginning or? Oh, it was crazy. Some of them were, uh, we used iMovie on there. Yeah. Um, and uh, you could, it has like a, like a standard setting where you can create your own movie trailer. Yes. And one of them's like a really creepy kind of, one of the, like a really creepy horror film one. And we're on holiday in Devon. And the premise was that Ben's home alone and I'm like this intruder who's, who's like <laughs> broken into the house. And then we filmed this whole scene. And then it goes right up to the top floor of this little house we're, we're staying in. And he kind of, he looks out, out, out at this open window and then he sees me coming behind going, ah. and then the next <laughs> scene is where we put Ben's clothes onto like some pillows and like sort of put it all together and then chuck this sort of mannequin thing out the window. <laughs> okay. And then we, we filmed from outside. So it looked like Ben didn't know what to do and just launched himself out the window. I mean, it sounds like you have a career in Hollywood as well as a filmmaker. <laughs> do you like horror? It's like horror movies. Like It sounds like quite like thrillery type things that yeah. you're interested in. I think it just has the kind of the most uh, space for these sort of comedic moments to happen. Yes, it's true. Um, I feel like a rom-com trailer perhaps isn't the, the sort of the funniest <laughs> setting for a 12-year-old and 10-year-old budding filmmaker. It does sound like more fun to dress pillows up and throw them out the window. Yeah, yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you. 
you know, one thing, every time I see you, you always have. I mean, I love your style in the first place. Oh, I mean, your, the Gucci North Face collaboration was just incredible. But you always wear something very subtly and very coolly around trains, whether it's mm. like a seat print of a scarf or socks or you've got your Southern Rail hat on. Yeah. Is that something that you make a conscious effort every day? I think it's just kind of by kind of probability. I'd say about a fifth of my clothing is somewhat rail related. Yes. So in choosing an outfit in the morning, there will be an element in one way or another that's tied into the trains. <laughs> I love that. But no Thomas the Tank Engine t-shirts. No, but I feel like there's definitely space for uh, Freddy the 465. Yes, uh, that's going to be the new show, Freddy the 465. I guess they don't talk, well, they just do tones I think... and subtitles. <laughs> Uh, They would definitely have to talk, I feel. Yeah. But it could be in like an announcement voice. Oh, yeah. And maybe Um, it's like the train driver is the one that's talking rather than the train itself. And then they mm. just tone back. Yeah, maybe. But speaking of announcements, I don't know if you remember, but when we were filming our Christmas special, there was an extremely rare occurrence that happened both in London, Victoria and Clapham Junction. They were testing the uh, evacuation alarm. Oh, yes. um, Which sends shivers down my body. I was thinking about the announcement in my flat the other day and I I actually debated uh, calling my girlfriend because I actually felt like a bit scared. So the announcement is, Could Inspector Sands please report to the control room? Like that. And they say Inspector Sands. Like, who's Inspector Sands? Is it like this... uh... Is that like a code for something? Yeah. And then there's like a really scary kind of... And then they'll say Inspector Sands for one minute. And then they'll say, please, can you... I can't remember the exact um, words, but it's like evacuate the station immediately kind of thing. But they'll always give an Inspector Sands minute lead for uh, the railway staff to basically prepare. And Inspector Sands actually comes from... I I think... I read this online. It may not be correct, but they used to use it in a cinema... So instead of uh, p- people panicking and like leaving the cinema, they'll say, please can Inspector Sands, da 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 da. And Inspector Sands is somewhat related, I think, to the fact that sand would have been used to put out a fire. Oh. So that was like the code. Because I remember you telling me about the sirens and any kind of alarm, really. Mm. like, Is it like the bass yeah. that you feel and like the way that the I'm sound goes? Yeah. Now. I'm just thinking about the sound. It's weird. Like, it's like a. Sh- what it is, is kind of like the, the boomy kind of mm. echoey voice and also like the the sort of connotation of like fear with it, specifically like the tsunami and earthquake warning mm. sounds are really eerie. Fine. Yeah. But I have a whole I have a whole sort of playlist of videos on YouTube that are sirens. Oh, really? And yeah. you just listen? I just listen to them. Let's circle back a little bit because you went to the University of Nottingham and studied mechanical engineering. How was that? It was great. I met a very good friend of mine called Luke, and he was my sort of train spotting partner during uni- university. And we went to these like areas like Toten Traction Maintenance Depot, Attenborough Nature Reserve. It just became like my friends at university knew I was into my trains. Like yeah. that, that's what was like such a nice feeling for me. Yeah. Like, I, like they accepted me and loved me for being a railway enthusiast. And going from being like having to feel like you had to like hide it or like not be at the forefront of everything you do. And then to have that university experience, was that because, obviously, mechanical engineering, that involves lots of different (laughs) things, but you you find your, like, tribe almost. You find your people. And there there were two occasions, actually, 
where I was talking to to Luke mm. about um, like where we we're going to go, and I said uh, we were talking, um, and we were in the lecture room just before the lecture was starting. And I said, "Oh yeah, we should definitely go to Toten because uh, they've got all those class sixties lined up." And then someone on the row in front of us said, "Do you like trains?" <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then um, in another instance, we were just having some drinks in a field in in the University of Nottingham campus. And I was, I was talking about trains, and the guy was like, yeah, I, I volunteer. I think it was the East Lanks Railway. He was like, wow. yeah, I volunteer there. And I said, oh, what's your favourite locomotive? And he said, Class 58. And if someone says a Class 58, that's when you know they are into their trains. Oh, really? Is that like a very rare one? Well, it's, it was a workhorse from like the sort of 90s, a little bit into the 2000s. And they quickly were sort of taken off the line just because they were inefficient. But they were nicknamed bones because, like, in a typical bone shape where it's, like, slender in the middle and a bit sort of bulky at the end. Yeah, you can really spot a pure, true diesel diesel head if they say they're, like, 58s. Because <laughs> not very many people know about Class 58s yeah. even. Yeah. Have you been surprised about how many people have gone on this railway enthusiasm with you? Because, you know, for me, like, knitting is quite niche. And I would consider train spotting and railway enthusiasm to be quite niche but yeah. it feels like once you get into that community on social media it allows that whole community to come together yeah yeah it's amazing because there's a real sense of a new generation of railway enthusiasts coming up and i don't think i'm having i'm not, I'm not I'm, i don't think i'm playing a massive part in bringing them up to to be into sort of railway enthusiasts but i feel like social media as a whole and showing how cool trains are has allowed people to see, oh, I can go to Wellingborough Station to see this train. Oh, maybe I'll go. And it is that sort of bringing together and sort of finding your kind of clan yeah. that I feel like is giving this uh, this generation sort of a, a real sort of turbocharge. And, it's you, you know, you're seeing some really sort of young sort of budding enthusiasts coming up and really keen for the for the passion. What would you say is the one of the big things that you've learned over your train spotting, can I call it a career? I don't know. Like I guess it is like some kind of career or like your your passion. Like what has it taught you? Goodness. I think it's I think it's taught me how valuable having a passion is mm. and also how valuable it is to just be mindful and have a moment where you know you're just sitting on a train bridge and not thinking about anything apart from a train coming because before after university I worked briefly and most of my day was just pure work and then I'd come home and be oh so exhausted go to sleep and there were times where I'd go to this specific bench just uh, outside Portsmouth and watch the trains come in and one time after work I decided to go to sit on this bench for 2 hours I made sure I left work on time at three o'clock and went straight to the bridge. And I was just waving at trains. I didn't care. I was waving at trains for ages. Oh. And I, th I was a little bit embarrassed initially because you know, I was just sitting there by myself waving at trains. But actually, I ended up laughing at myself. And then in laughing at myself, I ended up just laughing and just waving in general. Yes. And I walked away from that sort of two hours feeling so enriched and happy, even though I'd had a you know, knackering day at work. Mm. And it made me realise how important... It is to have that part of people, you know, people's day, you know, whether it be knitting or yeah. plane spotting or, or even just watching a film. It is, there's something so special about being able to have your life, whatever you're doing in work, and then being able to go 
and be look forward to getting home to be able to go and do something that you're really passionate about. For me, yeah. like you say, it's knitting, mm. and for you, it's going and finding trains or learning more about trains online. But where do you see your railway enthusiasm going? Like, where, what is the what's the end goal? Like, where do you see yourself in ten years' time? Oh, I, I've got so many ideas that I just want to execute. Yeah. Um, but in general, I'm I'm still going to be making my train videos just because. Yeah, that's what I live mm. and breathe. I want to get into nightclub spaces. Yes. Um, and there are lots of buildings in London that I've seen, and I've thought, oh, that would be really we cool. We spotted one, didn't we? Like yep. a warehousey type glass yep. space on the top. Was that near Battersea? Queenstown Road. Queenstown Road. If if they snatch it up and turn it into a nightclub, that'll be brilliant. Yeah. If it's turned into flats or office spaces, that'll be quite sad. Mm. But I see myself going into that, and then just really exploring different forms of creativity mm. like I love doing sculptures I'm really keen on uh, conveying how I feel machines and other mechanical things have a personality and feelings so I want to sort of deconstruct like parts of an engine or moving mechanical things and then just like run them really fast like and then maybe sort of uh, play like sounds that sort of match up to this motion like you know when you uh, chuck a i don't know if you ever chucked a brick into a washing machine um i can't say i have but no, like how, but... how it kind of goes <laughs> and like everything falls off and like rattles <laughs> apart i feel like if that was paired with like really insanely grungy guitars yeah it would be a interesting installation i'd like i'd like to experiment with that idea i love that i love the fact that you're taking yeah like taking the sounds that are quite like you know intense and then adding other things to them to then actually make them more like wait why do i kind of like this yeah because i know we spoke recently about what you would do with music in terms of taking like train tones and mm. the sounds of engines mm. and building it together to form music so do you see yourself doing a bit more of that definitely my brother ben is an extremely talented electronic musician and he has so much potential that just he he's basically sitting on like a catalogue of these amazing tracks that he hasn't released up until recently. He's actually just released five on uh, Bandcamp under the name Summer Houses. And with Ben, I want to explore like the music side of things. But I feel like he can give me some like musical guidance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the re relationship you have with your brother seems really special. Mm. Like it, how it all started out and is now like you want to continue working with it. Like we, me and my brothers, oh my gosh, we drive each other absolutely insane. I really? have I have two younger brothers and I can't imagine being excited to work with them in that capacity, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. But do you live near each other then? Do you get to see each other often? I, I feel like I'm in the position I'm in now because of us coming together during lockdown. And we had... When we came back together, it was as though we were eight and six again, or oh. 12 and 10, mm. and we were making videos. We did some wacky stuff. Like, we we made a song about a local quarry. We we made these little sketches. Like, when I first started using Zoom at university, I then um, did, like, a spoof version with my brother where I was an engineering lecturer, and here's the student. <laughs> and I was on Zoom on in my bedroom, and here's on Zoom in the kitchen. I and I was. That. I was sort of taking him through his like false kind of engineering drawings. I was like, <laughs> you've really overlooked these bearing calculations. <laughs> and then basically in the background, uh, my kind of fake baby starts crying. And I basically just press play on like this 
baby crying sound. And I go <laughs> and I shout to my uh, hypothetical partner, Harriet, Harriet the baby. <laughs> and uh, go and get the baby, I'm on a Zoom. <laughs> and then afterwards I said, I'm sorry, Ben, it's really not the right time. <laughs> and then I get up and I'm and I'm just wearing underwear. <laughs> oh, God, the classic Zoom underwear. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I, I also, you were telling me as well that you quit your job, right? Mm. What point throughout your TikTok videos did you then decide that you were going to quit your job? I handed in my notice uh, end of October 2021. Wow. So for those who don't know what you did before, mm. tell us a little bit about what you did and how that felt to just be like, you know what, I, I'm going to pursue my passion. Yeah. So I was there on my um, engineering placement at Rolls-Royce Motorcars and I was an, an assembly engineer. So basically just helping the the people working there make their lives as easy as possible in putting the cars together. And I felt really sort of empowered to make changes and like recommend things and just like think as a like creative engineer. And it was really good fun, but it didn't really allow enough space for train spotting. And I realised around October time that all of these amazing opportunities were coming in. And one of which was riding in 73962 uh, Dick My Butt. Um, yeah. And... I, I realised that this was like an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that, okay. Um, and we arranged it for the weekend, but it was like a bit of a push. And more of these cool things were coming in. And I thought, do you know what? I think I could do it just full time. Yeah. And I spoke to my family. I spoke to my girlfriend and I thought, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to risk it Commit. all. <laughs> and then you got to, did you get to bash dick my butt? Yeah. I was in the cab. Yeah, is that, does that mean like the front bit, the right, driver bit? Right up at the front. <gasps> wow, that must have been pretty special. Yeah. Wow. So on the podcast, I think it's really important to appreciate where we are in our lives and the support that we got from when we were young all the way through, significant places, significant people, and the people who made you with love, mm, mm, right? Yeah. So I asked you earlier to write a little letter to someone, something, a place that is of particular significance to who you are today. And I would love for you to read it out. And first yeah. of all, tell us who it's to. So this is to Wilston Junction, Platform 5. OK, go for <clears throat> it. Dear Wilston Junction, Platform 5, you are the overhead line equipment to my pantograph, the DC power supply to my third rail, the insulating pot to my third rail, the chewing gum to my seat moquette pattern, the emergency brake to my tree on the line, the class 142 pacer to my branch line, the tone to my train spotter, you are the air conditioning to my central line in the summer, the ERTMS signalling system to my Cambrian line, the clag to my class 66 in need of maintenance, the mind the gap to my embankment, the rail replacement bus service to my engineering works, the ultrasonic test unit train to a crack that's yet to be found. You are the foundation to my inner child. You are the best station on the overground. Oh, that is so sweet. Wilson Junction, Platform 5, will be honoured to hear that. Like, <laughs> you should write that up and put that on a plaque on the wall there. I think, I think after this I'm going to go to Wilson Junction, just get on my hands and knees on the platform and just talk to the mm. pavement with and you recite should. recite it you should recite it and what like, what is it about wilson junction for you that why wilson junction well it it's where it started for me and 
it's where my first memories of trains came from, specifically Platform 5, because you have this wonderful view. You have the overground line running across, and then down below you have the West Coast main line, so you have Pendolino shooting by back in the day, Class 86s, 87s. You, you would have had Silverlink 3, 321s, and then you would have had Silverlink 313s along the top, and then a scrapyard kind of over past the West Coast main line, and then <clears throat> Wilsdon Traction Maintenance Depot over there. So it has everything that it is like a perfect picture for a railway enthusiast, this yeah. platform. And uh, it's it's a very special place for me, yeah. And that was a very special letter. Oh, thanks. And before we finish up, I've got a little gift for you. Really? You've been sharing your passion with me, and I'm going to share my passion with you. I've got a little scarf knitting kit here oh, for wow. you to be able to make your own scarf and learn to knit and if you need any tips you know you know where i am i mean wow. i'd love for you to if you give it a go at some point make sure you send me pictures because yeah. those are some chunky knitting needles there we got for you yeah. a lovely bright scarf how, how do you hold do you hold them with two hands yeah so you have like one in each hand and then you transfer stitches from one needle to the other okay. it's like you know it's very therapeutic and i thought it'd be a great thing for you to do while you're waiting for trains yeah. In between trains. Like, yeah. you know, and you can like do the ASMR of like the needles, like going for it and the, yeah. You like the train sounds. That for me, that gets me. That gets me. That is my like. So it sends goosebumps down your spine. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. That is great. But thank you so much, Francis, for thank joining you, me Tom. on Made With Love. It was so much fun to get to speak to you and... For everyone listening, make sure you go and check out Train Spotting on YouTube because it is just to see Francis share his passion with the world has been so inspiring and brings so much joy to so many people around the world. So thank you so much. And of course, a huge thank you to you as well for listening. Please do join me again next time on Made With Love when I'll be speaking to another famous face about making the things that they love a driving force in their lives. Made With Love was hosted by me, Tom Daly, and produced by Emma Roberts for Spiritland Productions. Our engineer today was Ed Gill, and our assistant producer is Nadine Peters. I do hope you can join me next week, but until then, make some time for what you love, and I'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.